0: Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 627th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick gardening tidbit. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content, for your growing success. Today, we're talking with Zach Lokes with Edible Ecosystem Design on Ecosystem Mimicry and Layering. Hey, Zach, thank you so much for coming back and joining us. Last time you were on, we had you talking about old growth food forests, which I, you know, I just get really silly about. And go back and listen to that one, that episode, for sure. Today, we want to jump in and talk about ecosystem mimicry and layering. So let's talk about ecosystem mimicry. What is that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm glad we're talking about this because it's one of the more fun, you know, talking about fun, you know, it's one of the more fun aspects of ecosystem design. Mm -hmm. It's where you look at wild ecosystems, like a temperate woodland, you know, with, you know, trees like deciduous trees, some evergreen trees, or you look at a different ecosystem, say a savanna with grasslands and a few emergent trees, or you look at a prairie, like the tall grass prairies that used to stretch across, you know, the middle of America, right? Or you might look at a rip- riparian ecosystem or a desert ecosystem, and and whatever ecosystem we're. Considering you can actually use ecosystem mimicry to create your own version of that ecosystem, but with more edible and useful plants. So, this could be creating a food forest as opposed to a native woodland, mm-hmm. or it could be creating a medicinal prairie or medicinal meadow as opposed to a tall grass prairie. Now, of course, in ecosystem design, we can literally use these design principles to recreate, kind of restore native ecosystems as well. And with tall grass prairie, that's a great example because there's less than 1% left. So Mm, it's neat to think about how these design ideas can both help us create edible landscapes as well as restore valuable wild ecosystems.
0: Well, and that's what we do in permaculture. Permaculture is really about observing nature. I like to call permaculture the art and science of working with nature, but it's really about observing nature. And then, well, here it is, mimicking nature, right?
1: That's it. I mean, that's that's our great teacher, right? Like, and any, any principle, I mean, I think we we mentioned this in one of our previous conversations, but the, the idea that if you sound an idea off other people, and if it immediately appeals to them deep down inside, it's probably a natural idea. It doesn't come from any of us. It came from the wild ecosystems, yeah. which are our greatest teachers. So when we look at ecosystems and look at their success, how they, Slow water, for instance, so it doesn't compact the soil, all those layers in the ecosystem, the water is hitting those different layers. And so if you have, say, a really intense rain event, you know, rain event being like a lot of water falling in a short period of time, it may be coming down too quickly. It's too intense for the soil to absorb and retain that water. And so what you have instead is erosion and loss of that water resource Mm -hmm. and loss of soil resources. But in an ecosystem that has layers, you actually slow the water and the water is stored in the soil.
0: Wow. And that's what we talk about on the podcast all the time is adding lots and lots of organic matter. We have less than 1% organic matter here in the desert soils. And so that's what we have to do. Lots of that consistently adding organic matter, just like happens in a forest, right?
1: Absolutely. There's the mimicry again. That's the mimicry. That's it. I mean, whether and and, and, you know, if you're in a desert environment, that's the first stage too. is say, what is my climate where I am? What is the the, what is the wild ecosystem around me? How can I then recreate? How can I model this wild ecosystem with my chosen plant species? What are the tallest trees or cacti or, you know, plants around in this Mm -hmm. ecosystem? What are the mid-level plants in this ecosystem? What are the ground covers in this ecosystem? You know, I mean, I, I love thinking about the micro ecosystem. I know like if folks check out my book, The Edible Ecosystem Solution, we talk about micro ecosystems in 25 square feet. And one example I gave from where I grew up in New Mexico is just seeing, you know, a pinon and a, a yucca and a prickly pear, you know, all growing together. together. And i was yep. this all the time out in the landscape, all growing right together in the same spot as they are nourishing each other and sort of creating organic matter for each other and protecting each other, right? So there's a lot of that design patterning that can be integrated into a desert landscape when we're working on building an edible landscape. How can we companion closely so that they protect each other, buffer each other from all the water loss and you know all the predation and all the potential for soil erosion when there is a heavy
0: rain? Yeah. Beautiful. And then the second half of the question was layering. What's that mean? Right.
1: Right. So then this is really the fun part too, because you can think about these distinct layers in an ecosystem. And usually we give an example of say a woodland, because there's a lot of very distinct layers. And so you think, you know, the largest layer you might have emergent trees that reach out of the canopy. In my area, that'd be like the white pine, or you have sugar maples or oaks. And then you have a lower layering of trees. And this could be where you would have, you know, fruit trees. You would have pears and apples on their own rootstock, which Mm -hmm. can grow through 50 feet tall right and then under that you might have a shrub layer like saskatoons or choke cherries or you know elderberries and then hazelnuts and then under that you'd have a bush layer like currants or gooseberries or raspberries and then under that you'd have like an herb layer like lemon balm or chives or thyme or anise hyssop or something like that and then under that you'd have a creeping ground cover layer like strawberries or creeping thymes or, you know, any sort of a little tiny plant that you have in your area that would just barely, you know, be two, three, four inches above the ground, right? Uh And then you can talk about layers where that that really are deep down that are really root-based layers, you know, and you can go into all this, you know, people talk about vine layers, right, like grapes. So you can break it down as much as you want. You can talk about epiphytes that grow on the plants, but ultimately, what I love about the way that I've started to approach ecosystem design now is I even simplify it even more. And I just say, where are the big plants? Where are the meeting plants? Where are the small plants? And where are the really tiny ground covers? Yeah. And then I pattern them together, right? And it's like, well, big, really small, you know, medium, really small, you know, big again. And that sort of, it breaks the mold of thinking ecosystem design is terribly complicated. Right. And it can be, but it doesn't have to be.
0: When you cover that a lot in your book, you've got some patterning. So in all of nature, there's patterns all the way right. from mega patterns to micro patterns and everything in between. And what we do in permaculture is we study patterns. Yep. And yep. what you've done. In, so tell us about your book, because you've done some interesting patterning work in your book that really impacts this process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so essentially what I love to think about is how we can simplify ecosystem design, simplify creation of edible landscapes or permaculture market gardens or, you know, any sort of ecosystem restoration project like the the tall grass prairie restoration, for instance, and simplify it by creating patterns where you just find the repetition and then assign value to the repetition. So if you had a laneway and you ran a tape measure along the side of that laneway and you decide to make a single perma bed, a single permanent agricultural bed Uh along the length of that laneway, maybe four feet wide, eight inches high, maybe it's 25 feet long. Uh And you say, I got 25 feet, okay? What is the value getting placed in every foot? What is the value? And at the very base oh, level, you could say, nice. I'm going to put a creeping ground cover in every foot. You can do that. They would all creep together and it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, I'm going to put a creeping ground cover and then I'm going to put a chive and then creeping ground cover like time. So then you say, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do time, chive, time, chive, time, chive, time, chive, time, chive. Say, well, actually I want more layers. And so, all right, I'm going to do time, chive, time, current, time, chive, time, current. Uh It's like, no, I'm going to break that up even more. I don't want just chive. I'm going to do time, chive, time, current, time, bee bomb, time, current. No, actually, I'll do gooseberry. So it's time, chive, time, current, time, bee bomb, time, gooseberry, time, pear tree. And then repeat that pattern. But then I'm going to say, no, actually, I'm going to do ground cover, and then herb, and then ground cover, and then bush, and then ground cover, and then herb, then ground cover, then bush, then ground cover, then small tree, then ground cover, herb, bush pattern, repeat, and then I'm going to do an emergent large tree. I'm going to put in some big, beautiful oak or something. And if if the pattern gets longer, repeat, repeat, repeat. And then (laughs) after you get the basic math of this, Uh which is simple, I'm not a mathematician, (laughs) then you
0: can play jazz with it. You know, you can just play jazz with it you've been playing jazz for the past 10 minutes with it i love it
1: <laughs> that's it right
0: yeah so yeah.
1: that's that and so that's that's the a big part of the basis of the edible ecosystem solution is how to start with 25 square feet how to expand upon it into the spaces available in your yard and then how to catalyze change in your community just like someone could come along and see your laneway and see how it could fit into a 5000 foot bike lane by repeating the patterns that are successful
0: yeah. Nice, nice. The name of your book?
1: The Edible Ecosystem Solution.
0: Excellent, and it's available now.
1: It's available now. Yep, it's available now, and wherever books are
0: sold. Yeah, <laughs> check with your local bookstore though first.
1: Exactly. Yes, check with your local bookstore, and if in doubt, you can you can reach out to us at the Ecosystem Solution Institute. And uh,
0: what's that? A, what's that e- uh, website then?
1: Okay, so that one's Ecosystem Solution Institute. I know it's long.com perfect so ecosystem solution and if you order from us i'll do a i'll do a sketch in you in your book that's my that's Ooh. my that's my little extra extra gift you get like a unique one of a kind
0: all right i'm in i'm in and how do, <laughs> yeah. and how do we get a hold of you how do we find you
1: you can through the website there's a bunch of links to reach out and contact us and yeah, and check it out. And then, you know, you can always find uh, the online school at EcosystemU. That's ecosystem the letter U for university.com. So Perfect. you can see we're going to be running more and more courses there as well on some of these fun topics.
0: Awesome. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org.